Hello, you're listening to Otaku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here, as always, with the wonderful Chris. I'm wonderful today. Right yes. on. The always wonderful. Keep it straight. No, I'm always awesome. Always awesome? I'm always awesome. You don't awesome. want wonderful. No. Wonderful. Wonderful's not a cool. It's that I, W I, I, at the beginning is a little weird. It's, I don't have a problem it's with elongated. That. It's I got like four syllables to it. And like it's not four, but you know. I don't have a problem with wonderful. I just, I'm, I'm always awesome. I'm just impressed that today I'm wonderful. Okay. Okay. But today is our spring 2023 anime season reviews. Are you ready for it? Are no. you prepared? No. Because we got some bangers. In this episode, we don't have Oceanico, so if you're waiting for Oceanico, which everybody's probably just waiting for Oceanico, you gotta wait until next time, because we still got one more episode, and plus, we pretty much reviewed it last episode. Our, we, we've like reviewed the last it twice two, now. <laughs> our spoiler cast one, and for some reason, a discussion, we decided to review it, and we're like, okay, we're doing this, Chris, right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 good stuff, and ready to jump into them. We have three parts, probably. It just depends on how fast we go through this stuff. I might adjust it around, but I think right now we're, we're aiming at three. That way we don't, you know, have five-hour-long podcast episodes for two parts. You just kind of sprinkle it out. Uh, but, yeah. Are you excited? Because we our first one's a banger. Sure, our let's first, give it a shot. Our first one is an absolute banger. Before that, yes, atakuspear.com. That's where you can go for all of our links, social media links, all that stuff. Discord. Great community of people there. Also, ways to support us. Patreon. Tips, links. All that kind of stuff. If you're on YouTube right now, you can support us through Super Ch- uh, super Thanks and through becoming a member of the channel. Greatly appreciate everybody that does. Uh, love the support. Got like, like two, maybe three. No, I think we got four new patrons this this month. So that's really, really cool. Uh, really appreciate the support. You guys are awesome. But yes, without further ado, let's jump into our first one. Yuri is my job. <laughs> I said a banger. I said we're going to start with a banger. Uh, Watashi no. I'm, 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 I'm more in, impressed and, and I'm very curious as to how this turned out to be a f- banger. So please, by all means, help me out here. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Uh, slash sarcasm. Watashi no Yuri wa Oshigoto Desu. This one's streamed on Crunchyroll for 12 episodes. Uh, done by Passione and Studio Lings. Based on a manga comedy romance. Apparently, I guess there was some comedy in there. I don't know. Anyways, uh... <laughs> Yeah, this one follows a girl named Hime. Find out really quickly that she is one of those types that likes to put on a facade for everybody. She ha- she puts on this act of being the cutest, most adorable girl that everybody likes. She wants everybody to love her. And, you know, we see the other side of her, which is that she's just put on this act because she desires to get with that one guy that's going to be super successful and super rich, like the son of a major corporation or something or oil company. She just wants to just live the rest of her life with a sugar daddy, basically. Uh, at some point, she ends up bumping into a girl named Mai Koshiba, who, after she bumped into her, she knows that everybody's kind of watching. And so she puts on her facade that she's going to be in cutesy and everything like that. And it seems like the, the girl that she bumped into seen that. And so she seemingly acted as if she hurt herself <laughs> to kind of force Hime to have to join her cafe because this my koshiba runs a cafe and it's a themed cafe after a pretty much like a yuri and it's, it's not sorry it's not yuri an all-girls school <laughs> an all-girls academy cafe so all the girls that are waitresses there they dress up in you know their student their actual school uniforms and they serve people and i guess in that fact that hime was putting on such a great act it was a perfect job for her so she that she was hurt in order to get her to take on her roles 
So yeah, it, it's got Hime. She's joined the cafe forcefully, pretty much. And she ends up running into this Ayana Koji, who she kind of gets interested in very quickly. But it seems like this girl really hates her. There's another girl there that when she's not working, she's kind of a gyaru. But when she's wor- actually working, she's like a bookworm. Very prim proper type. And eventually, over time, Hime ropes in. Doesn't really rope in. Um, her friend, Konako, ends up joining the cafe, too. So, And it gets into like different aspects of like uh, how everything's sort of based on lore around a lot of romance and shoujo novels. And how they kind of incorporate that into it. At some point, you have this little conflict that's happening between two of the characters. And so they sort of incorporate this aspect of... What's it called? The... Um, it's a German name. This this way of sort of the ceremony to make somebody your sister, even though they're not blood related. Um, they do that kind of stuff. So, and yeah, just the the histories of certain characters together and the futures of others. Your thoughts on what was what's your what's your review on? I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it? Not not after the the preview. the backstory. Uh, yeah, pretty much. You watched you watched the preview, but you didn't watch the show at all. No, the fir- the oh the first the impressions. First, first okay. Impression. Like wait, I thought you watched at least some of it. Yeah, um, I, it it wasn't working for me, so I I let it go. That's why I was making the joke. Well, I I really really want to know how this turned out into a banger. <laughs> I have not too much positive to say. So pre warning: if you enjoyed this show, I'm happy you enjoy it. Um, I I think to give my thoughts in, a, in an objective way, I think pretty much what this show is going for is the idea of a. It's seemingly Yuri. So you do have characters that do have love interest between them. You have relationships building. Some relationships even blossoming as the show goes along. Some that were already established but have some sort of issue within them. And kind of seeing how these characters sort of have to deal with each other. There is a significant emphasis in the series about, you know, the mess that we wear. Obviously, like I said, with Hime pretty much living her entire life as a lie selectively in order to sort of put herself in a good position that she thinks she's going to get into. And the early aspects that I really enjoyed about the show was the element of Hime going into this cafe where you think that she should do an amazing job. I mean, she's so good at tricking everybody. Why wouldn't she be great at tricking a bunch of people in this, essentially, a stage play slash cafe? And it was sort of fun to kind of see how, despite the fact that she's so good at that, when it comes to an actual professional job going up against some other people within this cafe, she's being thrown off because their acting is so much better than hers. And she's sort of conflicted in wondering, okay, are they being serious now or are they doing their job? And that's where it starts to slowly get into my frustrations that I had for the show. It's literally a show about everybody with facades, and so you never really know who's... Yeah, it kind of tries to give you a sense of who is acting and who is being serious at times because you'll usually have them talk under breath after they say something grandiose in front of everybody that it's obvious there what their intention is but it just kind of turns into this whole thing of like how do you care about a bunch of characters when their whole point is to have facades and half their time they're spending is on the floor and when they're on the floor it just seems like he may can't decide when she wants to believe them or not it's just like it's obvious what they're doing, and why don't you get into your thick skull? Because you obvious, I know what they're doing. Why would you not know what they're doing? Because it's not giving you their perspective. I'm seeing what you're seeing. Why do you not get this? And that's where the frustration started for me. It was like early on, I'm like, this has potential to have this really cool back and forth battle of the ability to create a facade for yourself and 
to essentially act and sell yourself as you are, but then just kind of turn into a lot of frustrations. And a lot of that frustration for the first half was around Hime and Ayana Koji. Their relationship was so annoying, and their backstory was even more so annoying. Like, it, it's literally, I hated these characters because they're just a little bit too much. Like it's so melodramatic and it's just trying to push it so hard and it just turns into the most stupid little kind of conflict between the two of them. And then once, you know, they sort of find some sort of ending to that arc, we get into the second half of it, which is pretty much Konoko. And then Konoko becomes the most annoying character in the show. It's like whoever the show is focused on, they become the most annoying thing about the show. (laughs) So when Konoko becomes the focus, it's like, Oh my gosh, this is so dumb. I just, and it's and it's so funny when I, I told somebody after, well, I was trying to finish the last two or three episodes and I was struggling. I kept going to watch it and then I would just go, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't feel like this. And I would go watch another show. I think that's a really good sign for me personally, if you, if your taste matches mine, a good sign for me that a show is just not for me a hundred percent when I literally have to force myself to finish it. I don't have that often. There's a lot of shows that I watch that are just dumb, they're not very creative or something. We'll get into it with like Aristocrats. Not the most unique show in the world. I was able to stomach that a lot more than this show. As I was struggling to finish those last few episodes, I told somebody on Discord, I'm like, it is so sad when you have a show that literally has you, the entirety of it, say that you can fix everything with one simple phrase just stop working there. Like literally every episode, I just felt like Hime, just stop working there. It Yes, Mai over here is acting like she's injured, but like just stop working there. Konoko is upset, stop working there. Tachibana's backstory, stop working there. <laughs> like it all comes down to why are you even here? It sounds like you are just completely not liking this. Walk away. And that's that's the frustrating part about the whole thing. It's, it doesn't make any sense why they're even there. Yeah, what what the the first couple of episodes I I liked the concept of it. The my my problem really kind of centered around the fact that there was like Andrew had mentioned the the idea of the melodrama between um the main character and and her senpai and it it just became so overly done and and I just I didn't care for sitting there for 12 episodes waiting for it to resolve, which it was never going to resolve because I'm sure that that was 99% of their, their entire concept was this, this angst between the two and even adding her best friend in to the mix would have just, and I could probably gather where they went with that was she was when that the other, those two start becoming a little bit closer and not hating each other as much, then it would make uh, the other girl really, really jealous. And so it would be just dragging on the whole same problem. And it just, it wasn't, it wasn't fun is, is my problem. Yeah. I think that's the sad thing is because it in concept sounds like it makes perfect sense. Like I said before, it's that idea of somebody that's good at facades in a cafe that their job is to have facades to create that, to act. But yeah, it just turned into a lot of angstiness. And it was so funny because there was one little element that was so kind of core to two characters. And it was literally in the room. And I want to spoil it, but there is literally there. And they didn't touch it until the very end. And I'm like, why? Why would we not touch it until the very end? <laughs> uh, but yeah. 
it visually looked good for the most part. I mean, there was a few scenes where it wasn't all that visually good, but I, I like the style. I really do like the character designs and all that kind of stuff. It just it didn't it didn't deliver with the the drama itself. So there you go. That's uh, Yuri is my job. Check that out if that sounds interesting to you. Rank it of Kings, the treasure chest of courage, or Osama ranking Yuki no Takarabako. This one's straight on Crunchyroll. Uh, I think it was 10 or 11 episodes. I think it was 10. I don't know. It was 10. Uh, done by Wit Studio, sources a uh, manga. The genres are adventure and fantasy. And yes, for those who don't know, this is based, this is the, not really a sequel, but like a, the new trend right now in adaptations where they go, oh yeah, that's right, we skipped a whole bunch of stuff in season one when we adapted it. Here's that stuff. <laughs> so it's just basically a bunch of little snippets that that were within the first season that they just completely glossed over and just didn't actually adapt. And I, I it felt like with the first episode, maybe the second episode as well, I was thinking, okay, these are going to be some really kind of this makes sense. Like these, these little scenes were like, yeah, I can see why they cut this. It didn't seem like this was too significant. Um, honestly, it made me feel like they were. I think somebody said at some point it was supposed to be original. And I'm like, oh wait, no, this this is actually getting into actual story stuff. I don't think this is. A, and then somebody confirmed it. No, this is stuff that they completely cut. Getting into like the third and onward, like every single arc, every single episode is, in my opinion, things that were. When I was watching the first season, I was going, wait. Wait, why, why, why does this feel like I'm missing something? The the prime example I would get, always give people is Bebin. There was this one part where Bebin goes over and releases somebody from a prison, and then sends them on their way to go after Boji. And I was like, wait, so why do you do that? Everything pointed to Bebin being Dida's sidekick. Why would he suddenly release Kage? Now we know why, <laughs> because it was literally skipped. Why? Certain fights in the way they were did um, where this on lady showed up that was supporting healing. There's so many of these little like question marks I had watching the first season. This is why there, there was these segments completely missing. Um, and so that's what you're kind of getting with this one. The the short end of if you don't want to go back and listen to our reviews of Rank of Kings, I have a video review of it. We did a podcast review of it. Easily one of my favorite anime of all time. Characters are absolutely phenomenal it is a fantastic series please please go watch it um and so when you get into this series it's more of an aspect of like okay from now on if somebody asked me about ranking of kings i'm gonna say yes 100 watch it i was like that before but now i can say yes 100 watch it but go get a watch um a watch order because you're gonna want to watch these little snippets that they cut and put into <laughs> the treasure test of courage because i felt it answered a lot of questions I was having. Um, but yeah, it, it was really incredible. And plus, there was two episodes, I feel, that were seemingly post-season one. One felt like it was like after everything, all the dust settled and kind of tells a little bit more past the first season. And then, for sure, the last episode was like, holy crap, yes, <laughs> we're getting into the next chapter, basically. Like, they literally stepped into the next chapter and sort of wrapped up one really key story bit that I was... I My big thing I was saying with season one was, I love Oaken. I, I loved Oaken's story. And I wanted to have, like, a redemption for Oaken. Like, I wanted his redemption story because it felt like it needed it. And that's where you pretty much get it. Or at least you get a little continuation of what happens with Oaken. And that's what I wanted. Like, it gave me that satisfaction of what I needed to complete my 
my love of of the series. So, yeah, so I I love it to death. Cannot suggest it enough. Like I said, I would highly recommend people doing a watch order for it if they ever start over the series. But again, season one, I highly recommend checking it out. It's just a it's characters one on one, and that's how I felt like it with like every single character. They have driving forces. You get their driving forces. Sometimes you have like these really bad first impressions of them. You f- they feel like villains, but then you understand them. You understand their driving force. And then you see where in some cases their driving force changes them to do something else. They change their dynamic. Um, they're just – every one of them are fantastic characters. Absolutely. The, um, the writer of this series absolutely knows how to subvert your expectations with all the characters easily. Yeah. So what you did you end up finishing there? No, I didn't. I it will be watched at some point. This will be watched. I'm surprised because like I I, I want to say that when I watched that last episode, I was like Chris, Chris, the last episode was so good. <laughs> like the last episode was so good. Um, because like I said, I was pretty wishy washy about it. The first couple episodes was like, okay, these are just gonna be like throwaway episodes. I understand why they cut this. And like I said, just kept getting better. Seeing Dida and some backstory of him and his relationship with Boji was like, oh, this is so good. Uh, Bevan's episode was fantastic. Um, and like I said, everything around Oaken and the brothers, t- t- technically the brothers in general, Oaken, Desha, and Despa, I just love their dynamic. And what they kind of concluded with was like, eh, super heartbreaking, but super good at the same time. <laughs> super good. But yeah, I'll shut up now. It <laughs> Go check out Rankin of Kings. It's great. Rokudo's Bad Girls, or Rokudo no Onatachi. Uh, this one is is done by Studio Satellite, based on a manga, action, comedy, drama, romance, supernatural, as a, as the genres, and it follows a guy named Tosuke Rokudo who is having a lot of trouble at school. He and his friends are con- he mostly is getting bullied, and he and his friends kind of are dreaming of the day that they could have that dream school life they wanted, where they would have fun and all this kind of stuff. But no, it's being ruined because they're constantly being bullied. Well, one day he gets a gift from his was a grandfather uh, or at least a package from his grandfather and he opens it up and it says you know you're in danger use this thing and it's a scroll and he's like well what's what's with the scroll how do you even use it and then it activates and it puts in like a mark on his forehead and pretty much any girl that's a bad girl falls in love with him and so he's walking down the street and some thug like mistreats him but then his girlfriend next next to him is like oh don't be mean to him <laughs> why would you do that to him he's so great um and then that kind of extends to even at school all the the bullies are losing their girlfriends to this guy because they're all falling in love with him and just going after him even though they're all again bad girls doesn't affect good girls just just bad girls because that makes it more fun <laughs> well over time he ends up getting the attention of a uh, very uh, renowned very well-known thug, Rana, which is a very violent girl that carries around a, a wooden sword, and she just beats up people for fun of it, just finds anybody and just tears them up. She falls in love with him, starts following him around, and yeah, it kind of it turns into that aspect of him being kind of caught up in situations, how the curse affects the situation, good or bad. At the same time, having some semblance of this is kind of a bad thing, that these girls' lives are kind of being misshapen by this curse, if you want to call the curse is blessing. I guess some people call it a blessing. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, like different school gangs are all kind of coming after him and everything. So, yeah. Thoughts? Review? End thoughts? Um, this did you one, watch it? No, <laughs> yes, I did. 
out of the gate, I was not expecting to like this show. Um, the The artwork didn't didn't quite work for me, and, and I was really, really kind of holding out on this one. But the premise did in, did interest me, and I was kind of curious as to how it would feel. Going into the show after the first few episodes, I, I did really did was surprised that I enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, it came came across as a lot more kind of warm-hearted than I was expecting it to. Uh, the the girls are not necessarily... They're changing, but they're not necessarily... Um, it doesn't feel kind of pushy in its in its changing aspect. It, it is a it is a Gambare type character, and he's you know I'm going to prove that that being being good is the best way to to do things. And a lot of the girls just kind of yeah they like him, but eventually they just kind of warm up on their own. Uh, so I do really like a way a lot the way a lot of that the first few episodes did kind of play out. Um, when they started getting to the, the motorcycle gang kind of arc w- worked to a point, And then eventually we got into this kind of ladder ladder arc, which after a certain point, it, it started feeling like I kind of just wanted more, more, um, more meat on the bone with a lot of these stories. And I just felt like I was, it was just right there at a comfortable place. And, and hopefully uh future if they do bring uh did they say that there was going to be another arc i don't know mm-hmm. um i i'm hoping that a lot if there is more that there there's going to be a lot more to a lot of these stories as it as as it is right now it's just pretty much comfortable and i like what it is i, I i've enjoyed uh, most all of it so far yeah i think the um the easy statement is yes don't don't like how it looks i mean it it sort of grew on me but i i never really did care for a lot of the character designs throughout the entire series it's just not my style there is there's a certain like older style feel to it at some points but i don't think even with what satellite was doing with it didn't really it, they didn't make it shine like there you could they could have possibly done something good with this art style but in the end it just felt lazy um especially with characters like sayori most of the time, she just looked different in a lot of the scenes. And it, there's there's something to be said that, yes, technically the original manga is sort of the similar style to it, but it was a lot better. Like, the, the original style of the manga was a lot better. Um, but no, getting into the show itself, I'm in the same mind as Chris. I think we were pretty, pretty shocked when we did our first impressions. It definitely was a lot more enjoyable than expected. You see in the previews of it, it was like, yeah, this is garbage. I'm not going to like it. But then we kind of made a joke that watch this end up being the one that we like. And we ended up liking it. But I, I I am of the mind that I think about the time that Sayuri shows up, which was like pretty early on in the show. I was I was getting a kick out of it. I think we mentioned that in the first impression. Like I'm like, this is a really cool twist to put into it. This idea of somebody that doesn't know what love is being affected by the spell, but not falling in love because they don't know what love is. So his mindset is, OK, I need to fix them before like make them not be a bad person anymore. That way they don't fall in love with me <laughs> before they learn how to fall in love. And that was kind of a cool little twist. And I was like, okay, maybe if they keep doing things like this where they present some weird twist to love, it could make some, you know, they can make each situation fun. But it didn't. Um, How they kind of wrapped up Sayuri's story was pretty much watching him get his getting beat up again, which is pretty much how every single situation is mostly resolved is he gets himself beat up and he just doesn't stop getting up, which is a trope in itself. This idea of the useless 
non-combatant that just does nothing but stand up over and over again until everybody stops and the situation is resolved. And that's kind of where it turned into. Just constantly Rokodo just kind of brute forcing everything and being the cool guy and things kind of resolve around them either by somebody else stepping up or something else resolving it. And yeah, the whole the whole later part of the the series, the last arc was just super shrug. It was just it just kind of turned into a school brawler. Here's the new gang, they show up. Here's this other gang, they show up and nothing really interesting came of it from the, beyond that point. There was one cool little aspect around Rana herself that I was hoping we get an answer on, but we didn't really, which I'm guessing is something they may get into later on in the manga. But yeah, it was um I came in with no expectations. I was a little surprised early on. Um, ended up getting my hopes up a little bit and then just kind of being disappointing in the end. It's just a very shrug show at the end. So, yeah, hopefully I didn't hype. <laughs> hopefully our first impression. Did, I think we were pretty reserved with our statements and the first impressions. Like, not that it was incredible. Just like it's it's surprising me, but didn't turn out to be that great in the end. So, Rokoto's Bad Girls. Check that out. If you are interested, Magical Destroyers or Maho Shoujo Magical Destroyers. This one was done by Beauty Story Animation Studios. Uh, sources of original. The genres are Magic Girl. You have your hand up. I'm, I'm going to save you the trouble. I ran really, really far away from this one. Like I, I, I just I ran. So I didn't watch it. Just in case you're wondering, I ran really far away from this. OK, OK, OK. Uh, this one follows a guy that they pretty much name Otaku Hero. He is a guy that is trying to fight against the the government itself. This this group has rise, risen up and pretty much taken everybody that is an otaku and threw them into cages and shipped them off, took everything otaku related and threw them into bins and to be taken out to be destroyed. Uh, yes, to make sure it's very clear to people, otaku is not just for anime. Taku is, is basically an obsession of a hobby in Japan. So you can be a train otaku or a TV otaku, an electronics otaku, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so they've taken everything pretty much hobby related in a sense away from everybody and pretty much br seemingly brainwashed everybody to accept this whole idea and just, again, took over the entire world. And the guy named Otaku Hiro, who's named Otaku Hiro, he ends up one day getting... Um, alongside him, three magical girls, and they rise up to fight against the system and build an entire revolt against the system. And um, yeah, it's uh, early on pretty much has where he has to sort of regain all the magical girls because they seemingly got all gotten captured in some way. He has anarchy by his side. She sort of kind of encourages him to rise back up and he goes off to find Blue, who was captured. And she's got this little quirk about her that she likes... Uh, really inappropriate things with uh, involving, you know, uh, body to body. And then you have them going to get Pink, who Pink pretty much just didn't want to have. Pink was almost like she wanted to isolate herself in the situation. She ended up having some underground group that's just enjoying their time with, because her whole thing is toxics and stuff like that, um, hallucinogenics. And, um, yeah, he gathers the gang back together, and they go fight the bad guys. Yeah. Uh, early on, really 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 like this show it, it was just kind of over the top and over the top in a sense of visually and presentation wise 
while at the same time being kind of over the top with its expression of what it was kind of telling, which is this idea of pretty much sticking it to the system. Um, I felt early on I got a, a strong sense that what it was kind of going for was this idea of the world won't accept what I like. And because it doesn't like me liking what I like, I'm just going to be unashamed about it and just pretty much, as I kind of pointed out with my first impressions, was stick the middle finger to them. And I, I love that. It, it felt like this was this was an anime that was made or story that was made for every otaku that loves something, but yet society will not accept them. And that's essentially what the story is doing. Like I said, it's, it's essentially the otaku hero that is fighting against everybody. Now, uh, over time, I, I felt like it was still fine, like getting into the third and fourth episode. There was a couple episodes that were really fun. Like there was especially this one where it pretty much has old otaku versus new otaku. This idea of um, <laughs> what the old otaku essentially are saying is because you new otaku are so proud of your love for what you have, you're showing it too much. And because you showed it too much, they took note and they shut us down. You're supposed to keep it secret. Us old otaku, we kept that stuff secret. We kept that, that you know, anime girl t-shirt under our work shirt so that nobody would see it. You guys were too showy. And I really love that. I, I got a massive kick out of that because I'm sort of, technically I'm the older, but I accept the new. And so my mentality is this idea of I have seen that progress and I sort of accepted it. Well, not myself really kind of going out and saying, look at me. I sort of see both sides. And so I, I had a lot of fun with that episode. And it really did kind of restore my hope for it. Like, okay, cool. There's some really clever writing here. But unfortunately, that's where it just kind of ended. Like, after that episode, I, it was just kind of, it, it just turned into a magical girl show. Um, people fighting against each other and... There was one episode where it really got into Takuhiro's head and what was real and what was not. Um, honestly, the ending itself, the last the last reveal was very, oh, we're doing this. Okay. All right. Whatever. Conclude the show. <laughs> like, you, when you have that big, massive, like, quote-unquote twist and you're like, that's, okay, we've done this. All right, just just wrap it up. Just, just okay, we know where it's going. Wrap it up. Um... In the end, it was fine, but at the same time, I, I was, I have to admit that I was a little let down. And and the, to top that off, for yeah, ever since like the second episode, the animation wasn't just not there. Like they had a lot of fun, especially the second episode was super good. If you're going to watch one episode of the show, watch the second episode. It was just there was references everywhere in this crazy mind bending little thing inside of Pink's mind. Um, it was super good. It was like one of those ones where you can pretty much pause it frame, not frame by frame, but each scene and really see some reference, like Evangelion or something like that in the background. It was a lot of fun. Like they were going crazy with the animation. And then after that, it's just, it was just repeated animations, um, still sliding across the screen, repeating certain shots. And then you notice that they're repeating the shot, but they didn't change the lip flap. So it's obvious they were repeating the same shot. <laughs> um, it's just the quality went downhill really fast and it was super unfortunate so yeah and in the end it's i still i still liked it um but at the same time wasn't as i was hoping for what i was getting that feeling in early on throughout the entire series but unfortunately like i said i only got maybe one more episode where it was like it felt like this speaks to me like this speaks to me on a spiritual otaku level and then everything else was just kind of okay we're just we're just fighting and 
you know, the monster of the week kind of thing. So shrug, uh, which is unfortunate because I, I, <laughs> I got a lot of tension with my first impressions, even the creator himself tweeting out my review and I'm like, or my first impressions. And I'm like, now I feel bad. Cause like, if, if I don't speak positively on this show, I'm going to feel bad. I'm not going to let something like that really dictate how I feel about a show. If it doesn't work, it just doesn't work. And, um, it was, like I said, it was still good in the end, but at the same time was, did not live up to the, live up to the hype levels that I had early on, especially. So yeah, if you're, if you're interested, definitely, uh, check that out, but, um, definitely a different type of magical girl. Definitely different. <laughs> All right. Moving on to my love story with Yamada-kun at level 999. Or Yamada-kun to level 999 no koi wo suru. And this one streamed on Crunchyroll and for 13 episodes done by Studio Madhouse. Sources of manga, genres are comedy, drama, romance. And uh, yeah, this one follows a girl named Akane. And opening up the show, she is being broke up with by her boyfriend. He's like, you know, look, I found some girl on that game we were playing together. Yeah, apparently she, he, she was trying to connect with them. So she started playing this Forest of Savior game and apparently they were she was trying to get leveled up and everything to play alongside him and he ends up going and finding some girl on that game and yeah wants to break break up with Akane. It doesn't shock her too much because she did feel recently he was sorting he was sort of feeling distant. So it wasn't too much of a shock. But it still it still kinda of weighs down on her. You have that sense of her, you know, feeling like she lost something and this part of her life is now gone. She feels a little betrayed. Um at the same time she you know, pretty much goes out of her way in order to try to make him feel jealous by getting all prettied up and going to one of these Forest of Savior real-life meetups, festival kind of thing, uh, see if she can bump into him and be all prettied up. That way he'll be jealous of what she what he kind of lost. Uh, but yeah, he she she bumps into him but doesn't say anything and then ends up kind of falling and this, this boy helps her out. And this boy ends up being like this very famous um, gamer, like he's like he does like a lot of FPSs. He's very famous, and so when her ex boyfriend notices her, this guy, she immediately jumps onto him and says, "Oh yeah, this is my new boyfriend," <laughs> which completely shocks him. But um, yeah, following this, it kind of turns this aspect of Akane sort of roping this guy, which his name is uh, um, Yamada, roping him into sort of going to a bar with her, and she kind of sobs about her whole situation, how she did all this stuff, but yet she doesn't feel like she won in the end. And um, eventually, he gets too drunk to the point where he asked, he ends up taking her back to his place so that she can recover. Um, and it sort of turns into this kind of chance encounter between the two of them as they, you know, meet each other. She ends up finding out that he's in the same guild that he is uh, that she's in in the game of um, Force of Savior. Um, so they hang out with each other every now and then. And then other characters in the guild itself that she ends up meeting. It kind of shifts from this idea of a broken heart to how she sort of finds some sort of comfort in just playing this game that she was technically introduced to by her ex-boyfriend. And the people that she meets, these little meetups that they have, that the guild has, and sort of slowly overcoming her relationship break. And then hopefully forming new relationships. Question mark? Thoughts? I didn't watch it. You didn't? Nope. Did you watch any of it? Just the first few episodes. Oh, that's heartbreaking. I think you would really, really love this show. I, I, I know that early on, my biggest like connection to this show was the idea of it felt like it could possibly fill in that gap that I now have because I loved a recovery of MMO Junkie. 
uh, Re- Recovery of an MMO Junkie was a super good show. I really loved it. A lot of relatability to the characters. This idea of just wanting to play an online game, hang out with you know people, and just kill mobs online. Um, and then at at some point, kind of getting that little relationship kind of thrown in there with it, meeting people online and falling in love. And when I so when I got into this one, I kind of had that same feeling. But I can't. But I was. I'm pretty pretty open in saying that early on I did not like Akane. <laughs> I just really didn't. She was extremely selfish. Um, basically in the idea that she kept kind of pulling Yamada into her little uh, pouty session, which my heart breaks for her. I, I understand that idea of having somebody that you care for and then suddenly it just it kind of gets ripped from you. But at the same time, it was one of those elements of, like, usually you don't see, especially in Japanese culture, you don't really see people this open with complete strangers, like, pouring out all of your problems onto somebody else. And how she was kind of pulling and keeping him there when he didn't want to be there. I was like, yeah, I don't really like this girl. <laughs> but over time, I, I, I felt for her, and, I, and, it, and she kind of slowly grew on me. And what I kind of felt it kind of blossomed from that moment is this idea of yes, understanding what she lost. Yes. Understanding this relationship issue, but slowly seeing how she found comfort in just enjoying her time with others in this game. She almost, like I said, gets kind of dragged into playing this game, but not just that outside of the game itself, meeting people um, sort of being tricked in ways from other people and seeing the true side of Akane because early on, you don't really know what kind of person she is outside of her losing her boyfriend. But over here, you're learning about, okay, so this is the kind of person that Akane is. I like this. I think she's a good person. And while at times it felt like it was a little bit too much, like the whole situation with Runa, I felt was like, oh, that was a little bit tasteless in how it was presented. I don't usually get offended by things like this, but it felt a little tasteless. Um, I, I liked the end result. Kane is a good person at heart. I liked seeing her encounters with different people and meeting new people. And I felt like as it went along, the the romance, while it felt like I was the entire time going, okay, the story is my love story with Yamada Kun at level 99. Obviously, she's crushing on this dude. The dude looks hot. I mean, he's a hot looking dude. Everybody thinks he's hot. He's literally constantly stopped by people because he's so hot. He's popular. He's got this successful career and being this gamer and everything. Everybody knows who he is. Where is the connection here? Like, my biggest problem was, but that's a one-sided thing. What is, where are we getting into Yamada himself? I'm actually surprised because it wasn't as direct as I thought it would be. I think when they, they when they started actually getting into the romance of the show, which felt like it took a long time, when they finally got into the romance of the show, it felt... Uh, intriguing in a way because it was it was definitely not presented in a way that I typically get with romance shows like this. Like I said, usually it's very direct. Usually it's very clear. But Yamada himself is a very unique type of person. And it made sense because of how he was always in the show, especially early on. I mean, you probably felt early on, this dude doesn't talk. Yeah. I mean, does he have emotions? Is he a soulless doll? What kind of person is he? His focus, I want to get home, play my games. Got to play my games. It's all he really cares about. It doesn't socialize with people or anything. Learning that other side of Yamada and how it affects that and why he's always been that way was good. It's kind of one of those shows where I think, like I said, early on I had my issues. As I got into it, I was like, okay, I kind of relate a little bit here. Kind of, okay, I'm starting to like Okane as a character. At some point going, 
what exactly are we going to do here? To eventually the ending I felt was super good. So it's like, it's like in the end it delivered. It just took a while to get there. So it, it is kind of one of those series that almost feels like it's a slow burn. But when it gets there and when it hits, it really does hit. And I really did like what they sort of set up in the end of it. Um, so yeah, in, in the end, I actually, I really, really, really liked it. It just, it, it took a while to get there. <laughs> it just took a while to get there. Um, and that's going to be something that's going to vary for a lot of people. Um, depending on, I, I think it's, this is one of those shows that I think it depends on your relatability of the characters, whether it hits for you or not, especially early on. Um, but I think in the end it worked out and I, and I do like, I do like the comedy of the series. It's very charming. The comedy is very, very charming. Um, it's not slapstick. It's not over the top. It's not, um, you know, vulgar or anything like that. It's just very, very charming comedy that I, it just is a type of comedy that just makes you smile. It's not a laugh out loud. It just, just makes you smile. Like, oh, that's, that was super cute. Um, yeah. In the end, I, I, I really, really liked it. I think it presented itself very well. Uh, despite the fact that I personally found it very slow at the beginning. So, yeah, check that out. Uh, check out my love story with Yamada-kun at level 999999999 if that's interesting to you. The legendary hero is dead, or Yusha Gashinda. This one is streaming on Crunchyroll for 12 episodes, done by Studio Leiden Films. Source is a manga, action, adventure, comedy, etchy fantasy. This one opens up with a guy named Toka, who uh, he's living in this remote town, enjoying his crops he has a certain like in perfect thighs which i completely agree <laughs> we find out that there is this hero of the world itself has a hero party at some point they took down there was this gate that opened to the depths of hell and they pretty much sealed it back up well these gates have opened back up and so the hero himself is heading towards there once again um we with Toka's perspective, we're seeing that, you know, there is this concern about the de the devils and demons coming out once again. Um, but he's enjoying his crops. Uh, his childhood friend, Yuna, who he really likes her thighs, <laughs> shows up and kind of criticizes, criticizes him a little bit in the idea that he's so obsessed with his crops, but yet the world is, is in danger. And there's only a matter of time before the demons come and attack them. But he doesn't care. As long as his crops are good. He's even set up traps around his crops to make sure that his crops are safe. Everything's good. Well, one day, a demon shows up, starts attacking the town. Uh, Yuna's in danger. Toka's trying to figure out a way to save her, so he decides to cook some meat and tr fan it towards it, see if it can draw it towards him. Um, that doesn't work. But then the hero shows up. The, the hero takes down the demon. Well, the hero smells the food, and he decides to walk over to Toka's yard and grab the food, and he falls into one of Toka's traps and dies. And... The, the town's like, oh my gosh, you killed the hero. We're going to tell everybody you're, you're you're in trouble. And he's like, oh, well, you tell people that a bunch of, like, a random kid in a village killed the hero. They're not going to believe you. And so he ends up talking the, the town into basically burying the body and covering it up. Well, um, the next day, he wakes up in the body of the hero. And he's like, this is weird. Oh, I can use this as my advantage because my childhood friend Yuna likes the hero. So he goes over there to try to get her to dress up in some skimpy outfit. Um... And then uh, he hears the cackling of this girl named Henri, who's also falling in one of that holes. And she didn't fall all the way in it. She's just kind of almost falling into it. And she reveals that, yes, she's the one that planted him inside the body of the hero. Because apparently the hero at some point said, if I ever fall, I want you to find somebody capable to essentially use my body to continue on being a hero. So since he killed the hero, she feels that he is uh, strong enough 
to take on the role as a hero. So, yeah, the the sucky thing is that his mana capacity sucks. So he he doesn't even have enough mana to sustain the body from rotting. But uh, still, he goes around and and fights demons and tries to keep on the facade that he is Sion the uh, hero. And um, yeah, runs into a bunch of old companions and people that have devoted their love to him and will do anything for him. And yeah, your thoughts. All right, I got to try to be nice as possible on this. I really, really liked the beginning of this show. It was absolutely hilarious. The first episode was hilarious. So funny. It 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 really didn't have a lot of kind of barriers between this and another show that we'll talk about at some point. It just was absolutely a fantastic time with those two shows. And I really did enjoy a lot of the goofy nature of a lot of the stuff. Um, and it and it held itself together as far as the way it looked um, for a lot of the, the show. I mean, it wasn't top tier or anything like that, but it definitely was not, not a bad looking show until the last few episodes. Um, this is, this is one of those every once in a while where you, people talk about the budget just went into the crapper. That's where this one is. It, it just, I mean, and I, and for me to say something about it, it has to be really bad. I, I, I specifically remember watching, uh, not even the last episode. It was the episode before the last. And I, I, me and Andrew had got to talk about it at one point. I, I was like, there was this one show that just went to to hell in a handbasket. It just looked so garbage, awful. And I couldn't think of the name of it, but now I, I remember it was this one. Um, literally, things were happening, or you could hear the uh, the sound of things happening on the screen, and nothing was happening on the screen. Um, it it was just that bad, I, and I was really, really highly frustrated with it. Um, yeah, but story wise, goofy story. Love the the goofy concept, um, and yeah, odd show. I think it was pretty for me. It was pretty consistently not visually good. I mean, the first episode was was serviceable, but I, I think from the second point on or the second episode onward was pretty blah with the the visuals uh style and the character designs and all that kind of stuff but i i i'm of two minds this show on one end i really do give it credit for just being kind of unashamed of its stupidity at the same time raunchiness uh toka is is a dirtbag through and through and he does he does become a little bit redeemable at the, in the later parts of it. You get his backstory and you see a little bit more of his driving, nat- his driven nature of helping other people. But for the most part, he's like, this is a, it's kind of one of those shows where the main character is not a good person <laughs> and it's not a shame with showing that. He's, yeah, always obsessed with thighs. He's willing to jump into a situation. If somebody says, hey, you have this chance, he's going to go, all right, show me where to where to climb. Uh, he, he's, he's an opportunistic kind of person. And I do give the show credit for doing that. Um, and I, I think if you like that kind of more raunchy and, and mature type of humor, it's definitely there to, to jump into. It's really kind of just around for the most part, when the show tries to get into a driving force early on, I just felt like I never, 
it didn't it felt like it was wandering in the in the first episodes i'm just like what is really the goal here like the idea is that you would assume okay he's he's gonna be the hero time to get the band together go after the the gates of hell but it's like no we're not really doing that what exactly are we doing for the most part and so it felt aimless for quite a while at some point it gets a purpose an aim and i just it didn't really it kind of pulled too much from the the comedy itself and at the same time did not provide me enough that was you know worth replacing that with so it's like you pull the comedy away give me something that's good and what they gave me was just not all that interesting or entertaining um it's still kind of sprinkling comedy in there here and there so don't get me wrong and the comedy there when they do do it, it was was fun but i just felt like it just dragged in the later parts like the later parts was kind of a schlog to get through and i didn't feel like it was enough to really um it wasn't satisfying enough in the end so that's kind of where i sit with it it's not a not a visually pleasing show it has some really funny moments like it's it's kind of one of those shows where you just have have somebody show you the best clips because they're just like these over-the-top moments that are like holy crap i can't believe they went there um like restoring his mana it has these what the heck moments in it that are just like, wow, I can't believe they did that. But it doesn't really warrant the show as a whole. Um, I will say though, I I think that Yuna was great and she's pretty much the Lucy Etchy that we wanted from Fairy Tale. <laughs> I think most people agree with that. She's literally Lucy. Um, but yeah, check that uh, check that out if that's interesting to you. It's it's there. The most dysfunctional hero I think in a long time in anime. So I think that's another kind of fun aspect of it the dude can't even has a very floppy sword <laughs> it's a very floppy sword konosuba an explosion on this wonderful world or konosubarashi uh sekai ni bakuen wo this one's streamed on crunchyroll for 12 episodes done by studio drive the source is light novel to spin off from the original series uh genres are ad- adventure comedy and fantasy and for those who don't know, Konosuba is a series about a guy that gets isek- that gets isekai'd into another world, ends up dragging the goddess of that he, you know, makes a deal with with him into this other world. It's a fantasy world uh, where he's got like crap skills and everything, and struggles from the bottom trying to survive. And at some point, he ends up being partied up with a girl named Megaman, and she is this girl that is obsessed with explosion magic. That's all she does. She was on the battlefield and she used explosion magic. It uses up all of her mana. It destroys pretty much everything. And then she passes out. It doesn't really pass out, but they have to drag her back to the town because she can't even move. Well, this is a spinoff series that just follows Megaman from her origin stories being in this town where all the uh, people of her clan live. And eventually when they get to a certain age, they train magic and how to pose and all that kind of stuff until eventually they go out into the world. And then, yeah, she goes out into the world and... All the while, you have this backstory around Megaman and how she first got her inspiration on Explosion Magic. She was very young. She seemingly released this demon from its seal, and then this lady showed up and one-shot the thing with Explosion Magic, and she said, well, you helped me out there. What can I do to repay you? And Megaman says, well, teach me that Explosion Magic. And she's like, I don't think you want to learn that. No, teach me Explosion Magic. (laughs) No, I think she gets like three different. It was it was teach me explosion magic. It was like world domination and um, what was the other thing? It's like everything that she asked. The lady's like, I can't really do that. She's like, Well, you said every anything, <laughs> but yeah. 
it inspired her. That's that's what she wants to learn. But then as she learns in the academy, explosion magic is sort of a joke spell, as they put it, in the idea that yes, it technically spins all of your mana. It's doesn't it's not really applicable to anything. You just blow up a bunch of things in a massive area. It's there, there's no other purpose that it serves. So, but she still wants to do it. So, yeah. Later on, she's joined by Yunyun, who's like her self-proclaimed rival. And um, yeah, she her sister comes across this cat named Chimusuke. And Chimusuke is constantly trying to be taken back by this this demon girl. And um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much for the most part, the the idea of Konosuba explosion on this wonderful world. Thoughts. Dot dot dot. Uh, this is that hard. Massive area Andrew has to delete. I um I really want I I I going through the first few episodes, it was kinda difficult. Um it 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 was fun in a lot of cases. It was kind of goofy seeing a lot of the um, Megaman being hard headed about the whole idea that she has to get to a certain uh, certain skill level and she won't learn any other skills except for uh, explosion, which is part of her character. That is, it is under you, you do go into it understanding that if you've seen the first Konosuba. Um, but I, but in all honesty, I mean, while I had a, a chuckle here and there. A smirk or a smile here and there going through a lot of the the uh goofier antics between union and 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 megaman union is is absolutely the uh, probably about the one thing that just carried the show in a lot of cases it was in a lot of cases i was just really really frustrated with with the scene and and yeah i would in, enjoy the the a joke uh joke here and there but when it came when when union would uh come in she just absolutely would save the day in a lot of cases and i was able to enjoy the scene a lot more but truth be told it wasn't until probably the latter third um when they finally got to the first town um and this would be the first town for the actual Konosuba not the actual um uh her first town this was when she got to the beginner's town suddenly they started getting they started referencing the other show and and basically Aqua and and um uh Subaru uh Cosma Cosma <laughs> <laughs> In in the other doing yeah <laughs> doing their other things and I started having fun. I, it was so goofy seeing things from Megaman's perspective of what was going on when these things were happening, and it and it was absolutely too fun. And I actually really started to enjoy uh, a lot of the 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 humor and 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 a, and a lot of that stuff together. And when everything came and full circle. It was absolutely, to me, really, really was worth the wait. Um, But those first few episodes were really kind of hit and miss as far as the jokes for me, at least. I I divide it into three segments as well. I mean, you have pretty much hometown. You have um, the second town that she went to, which was like the whole, um, which if I remember correctly, is pretty much the church that they get into with the second season of Konosuba. Yeah, I Um, think so too. Aqua's Axis or whatever that is. Um, so you pretty much see the origins of that whole thing there. And then you have the third arc, which is pretty much her going to the original starters town, which is like the weakest of the area. I, the first arc was 
okay. I got, I think I got most of my laughs out of just how absurd the town is. And there are a lot of people corrected me in the idea that technically the movie, I guess, apparently indicated the fact that the town is, that's, Megaman's not, like, I always had the feeling that Megaman was just kind of this oddity about that clan. No, everybody, everybody there is nuts. And it, it almost felt like everybody outshined Megaman in the earlier segments. So I'm like, why is, why is Megaman even here? It doesn't feel like she's even shining at all amongst this group. Um, she was getting drowned out, like, significantly. And just seeing how absurd the town is, how they'll just destroy it just to have fun and just rebuild it um, was wild. I, I had a, I got a chuckle out of just how crazy her hometown is. But for the most part, it was okay. And then getting into the second arc, I, most of it was a blur. Like, I, I got a chuckle here and there, the idea of, like, how they're essentially trying to bait people into going to church and all that kind of stuff. And how she's trying to help them figure out these scam ways of doing it. But it just wasn't really working at all. I think that was like one laugh I got was at the end of it when this demon finally shows up to take Chimusuke and and they just completely make her run away screaming. The I agree that the last arc was definitely the strongest. And that's where we finally got Union and Megaman like really uh, their chemistry really taking off. The travel there technically was as well. I mean, the travel itself and the idea that Megaman doesn't want to do anything and Union has to handle everything. Um, Union and Megaman just work. Union definitely carry the show for me. Like, I, I probably wouldn't have had any fun with the show as a whole if it weren't for her. Because I think she just works so well with Megaman. Um, you can't... Unless you have, yes, technically Kazuma and Aqua and Darkness and all them, you don't really have much of a show... Unless you have Union involved, is really my point in the end. I think overall, the show overall, I'm very disappointed. Because I was coming into this expecting Konosuba. And rightfully so, it's technically a spinoff. It's not really Konosuba. But I was wanting that. I was wanting that that weird and over-the-top nature. And I just wasn't getting it for the most part. And to be honest, I, I've, I've sort of fallen off Konosuba ever since the second season. The second season wasn't that great for me and that's partly why i didn't rush into getting the movie though i did hear that the movie was really really good um yeah in the end i was i was very disappointed in the show i I think it looked fine um i'm sure that drive will be able to handle the third season well enough um but i think in the end very disappointed but it i had a chuckle here and there union uh, just just union that's that's all the sister was great too <laughs> the little sister was super great uh just getting into pure um danger and doesn't even realize it so yeah that's Konosuba, an explosion on this wonderful world vinland saga i i'm not going to get too much in the weeds on this one just because this is a second season so like literally three to four cores into it depending on which core you're looking at um, I will say, I think for those that may have missed my review of the first season, I really did enjoy the first season. It took a long time for me to really get into it, but I did enjoy it in the end. It's basically the concept of Vikings and this boy losing his father and trying to get revenge for his father while being kind of strung along by the one that killed his father, eventually kind of getting into essentially the kingdom itself in the lands and this lost lineage to the the kingdom itself and restoring it yeah getting in the second season it's a lot to do with sort of seeing how thorfinn has changed over the many years there's a pretty significant time gap between the first season and the second season 
Um, and what we kind of find out with the beginning of the second season is you find out where Thorfinn ended up becoming, which is a slave. And he's working on this farm, and you're you're pretty much seeing through technically the perspective of Einar, who is the newest slave to come to that farm. Through the perspective of Einar, you're seeing um, essentially this broken Thorfinn, how he can't sleep at night. He has pretty much dreams of all the people that he's been involved with killing. Um, and you find out, yes, that technically Einar himself was his entire family and farm and village was a victim of the Vikings themselves. So obviously you have a victim of the Vikings and one of the Vikings pretty much bunking together. But it's kind of through the two of them being equals in the idea they're both slaves, you know, tilling the land, creating a farm, um, all the things that kind of are happening surrounding them. Yes, technically getting into what Canute himself is doing this entire time. I think is where a lot of the development is actually happening. It is essentially Thorfinn's redemption arc, essentially. Like, you're seeing how somebody can go from being essentially a child soldier into not wanting war at all anymore. Seeing how he's been, you know, in turmoil the whole time and how that's ultimately shaped him. And seeing pretty much everything that happens with the farm itself and what it kind of pulls Thorfinn into... I think in the end, it's so surprising the show was two cores. It that's I think the, the the main telling thing for me right now is that this was two cores. Um, I really drew. Tr I truly do think that this show should have probably been maybe thirteen to fifteen episodes at most. Um, because while I do love the story, the characters, the story. Everything is absolute perfection. This writer is so good at writing characters, showing how they've developed over time, having such a massive time period that's sort of spanned, seeing how the introductions of all these other new characters, essentially like the sons of the farm, uh, the farm owner, and one of them desiring to be a soldier while the other one is a soldier, and the history of the owner himself and how... There's a lot of stories behind him being this great warrior. All that stuff. Every character they introduced. Um, and Einar himself was fantastic. This this writer knows how to develop characters and really kind of shape them and mold them. The problem is, and I'm, I'm not even going to subscribe to the joke that was coming into this season. Everybody was calling it Farmland Saga. I'm not even bothered by the fact that it was mostly taking place on a farm. That most of this story was Thorfinn and Einar building a crop, which is a very long, drawn-out process. Looking at you, farming life in another world, is a very long and strenuous process. I'm not bothered by the idea of it being Farmland Saga. I'm perfectly fine with this kind of chill vibe, for the most part, and seeing these characters grow. Seeing that success, um, you know, working in your own field, Pulling, they, they literally had to clear the trees, too. We're talking that much. Seeing this developing in the characters and the bonds they create and the struggles they ultimately have, like with Einar himself, what would he think if he found out that Thorfinn was one of the Vikings he hates so much? Um, Einar himself and the idea that he once had a village that he lived in, they, they rebuilt it from the point that it was destroyed before by Vikings, and they rebuilt it, and they got destroyed again. He lost his entire family. Going and, be, and basically becoming a slave. What kind of disconnect that is? It's it's a very heartbreaking experience that somebody would 
I, I would not wish it upon my worst enemy. Seeing all this was great. Being on the farm was fine. My problem comes in that I don't think this should have been 24 episodes. Because every scene felt like it was just 5 seconds too long. 10 seconds too long. Every cut was just too long. It wasn't that the pacing's bad. It just felt like the composition of the scenes themselves was... It's almost like somebody was like, Okay, we just finished animating uh, Vinland Saga. Oh, great. We're, we're, we're already set. We're not, the season's coming up. Let's go. All right, cool. Where's the first episode? It's a slight problem. What's the problem? The runtime, it's, it's maybe 13, 14 episodes. All right. Um, how do you think we should fix that? Well, we were thinking of just kind of hitting control A and then grabbing the last part. We'll just, we'll just, just drag it out. Just drag it. And then it'll extend every scene just enough that it'll fill out that 24 episodes. That's what the show felt like for me. Now, I've yet to hear anybody that agrees with me on that. I think I've, I've a few people I've kind of expressed that to and they're like, yeah, I kind of feel it, but it doesn't bother me. Um, other people are like, I don't get what you're talking about. So it's not going to be the same for everybody. Just for me personally, it was just kind of one of those, those feelings like I'm watching the episode and then it just shows this field a little too long. And I just about get ready to hit the forward five seconds button before it finally catches on. Um, and that frustrated me for the book. And then they did that also with a lot of scenes too. There was a lot of added scenes that I felt didn't really fit. And then when I checked the manga, come to find out, oh, that's completely original. Apparently they wanted to have an extra scene here, so they decided to create new stuff. I'm sure the original writer was involved with it, so I don't think that it's the MAPA just pulling stuff out their bum. But again, it kind of just adds that element of I think that they were just trying really hard to make this 24. But again, still, in the end, visually amazing. Um, the perspective shots, the the backgrounds, the vistas, everything looked absolutely gorgeous. Um, what fighting there was looked amazing. A lot of the artistry, the, comp the, the setup of emotion, how they expressed that emotion. The whole scene of Thorfinn being pulled down into this sort of hell was so good. Like, it was just like, I... It was a that was a part of me that some of the some, one aspect of it made me was making me smile a lot, but that was the other aspect that was just kind of giving me that dread of what he was going through. Um, the portrayal of a lot of things and struggles that Thorfinn's going through was so well done. Um, again, Thorfinn technically in the first season, I hated him. He was literally the reason why I didn't like a lot of the first season. What I loved about the first season was Oskalod. It was Canute. It wasn't Thorfinn. This season, I finally like Torfinn as a character because I think he's done so much growth um, in such a seemingly uh, short time, but actually a significant time. So uh, it sort of has he's me excited. He's still whining about his dad? Not really. Jeez. What they, happened to this show? I think they announced the third season. Yeah, I think they announced the third. Yeah, I, th I think they I think they announced the third season. I think there's an announcement for Thursday and it could have been a leak. I, I'm so tired of... I. I know when something's a leak or not, like it's so easy to spot, but I think the problem that I'm having now is like, we're getting to the point now where you're trying to remember if you already fed it that something was a leak or if it was true or not. 
Um, I would love another season. I'll just say that. I, I would be welcoming another season for sure because this this whole season was literally a build-up to what Thorfinn's going to do next. And so it almost felt like a middle ground. Like, this is... First season was seeing Thorfinn in his revenge arc. Second season is him finding new purpose. Third season is deliver purpose? I don't know. Um, so I would I would definitely love to see where this story is going from here. But, yeah. Really good ending, too. So Hopefully I haven't spent too much time complaining about the pacing, but... It is what it is. That's uh, that's that's Vinland Saga, second season. All right, let's move on to the dangers in my heart or Boku no Kokoro no Yabai Yatsu. This one streamed on High Dive, ran for twelve episodes, done by Studio Shinny Animation. Sources of manga, genres are comedy, romance, slice of life. And this one follows a boy named Kyotaro Ichikawa. And Ichikawa, as we find out really early on, he has some very dangerous thoughts. He pretty much likes reading murder mysteries and stuff like that and constantly is thinking about horrible things happening to his classmates, including one such individual, Yamada, who is very pretty. She's like one of the prettiest girls in the school. Uh, Kind of find out she's also even a model. And he just thinks that she is always looking down upon him and just wishes for the day that he could see her covered in blood. Well, as he regularly visits the library because he's kind of an outcast he likes to, likes to hang out in the, the library whenever he can, just sit there and read his books. Eventually, one day, he finds Yamada in there. She's hiding away in the library eating snacks because she really likes snacks. And she doesn't like eating snacks in front of her friend because apparently her friend is allergic to snacks, which doesn't make any sense, but we'll go with it. <laughs> but she's hanging out there, and over time, he's very frustrated with this. Like, oh, why is this girl here? She's bugging me. And then eventually over time, you see how he's kind of going out of his way to help her out with situations and eventually uh, kind of sees her in her worst moment, uh, seemingly worst moment, a really bad moment, something that really kind of puts her through the ringer, uh, really upsets her. And it sort of changes his perspective. He suddenly realizes he thinks he has feelings for Yamada and yeah, sort of seeing the two of them as they interact or not interact and the struggles that Ichikawa himself kind of has with his new feelings so your thoughts on dangers you better not say you didn't watch it I didn't watch I it I will smack you I I I, I will smack you. I didn't even watch the first the Audible first impressions smack <laughs> I wasn't even here for the first impressions <laughs> you left the room and I turned the vocaloid back on it's always been a vocaloid no I really really love this show um I absolutely love the ultimate, um, the ultimate uh, message in this story, which is it uh, honestly just kind of acceptance, um, and and that 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 all is the 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 final the final scene, kind of this acceptance of something that uh that you truly don't believe that anybody will accept somebody accepting just for who you are and i i really did truly love that message coming out of this show when it when all was said and done i it's very very touching um it takes a while to kind of get to a point where you feel like okay i see where you're going with this and and it's really just a kind of a slow burn just honest you just 
truly accepting each other for who they are. And, and I, I really do love that that story came out in the end. And I really, really, I highly suggest it. I early on, I think when I've, when I first started the show, I was assuming it was just another perfect waifu show. Like Yamada is super hot. She's thick. She's tall. <laughs> um, and that was kind of my perspective. I'm like, okay, let's, let's do this. Another teasing girl, another, perfect waifu show all right let's let's watch it. oh yeah look she's super cute she's being goofy eating her chips like the character from inakai-san's dog biting the dog's face great cute whatever um it wasn't until the moment that yamada has like her issue which was essentially that she got hit in the face with a ball and she's a model so obviously that's detrimental to her that's that's her, her face is her selling point that's what she's selling in these mangas or these not mangas these magazines and so it's really really a big deal for her and she's just destroyed by it she's not going to meet the expectations of her manager manager her mother and she admits though they said that it was perfectly fine it's okay but she was still broken by this and it was seeing ichikawa seeing that that ultimately changes how he views yamada she's not this perfect person this person that's looking down upon him and i think from that point on which i think it was like the third episode maybe then the fourth episode from that point on it just took off like this show literally every single minute of the show after that got better and better and better and better it was just a very beautifully portrayed story of two people sort of finding commonality and there was so many things kind of mixed up within it as well that i i think are individual storylines that i think really did sell me on this show first of all the presentation Studio did an incredible job with the show. It was just gorgeous. The impactful scenes were so beautifully uh, portrayed. A lot of these more emotional moments. They they love those like towards the later part of the episode, if not the end of it, towards the later part, having these ramp up emotional points where just the animation just kicks up. The characters are just looking at each other and things are just getting so emotional. And then add into that Kinsuke Ushio. Which, for those who don't know who that is, that is the musician behind Silent Voice, Liz and the Bluebird, uh, did some Chainsaw Man here recently, and Hike Story. This musician is absolutely incredible. This is a person that I'm going to be keeping an eye on going forward, because I don't know why I didn't notice that it was him doing this show, because something hit me at some point. I, it was like the episode where, um, I think it was the episode where they had the candy and he was trying to stop her in the library. It was like, Suddenly I realized, I'm like, I've been trying to figure out why this show works so well. And it finally hit me. It's what's happening to me when I'm watching it. I'm feeling the emotion. And I don't normally get that to that sort of, that style of getting emotion. Typically it's you relate to the character and you get emotional. You know what they're going through and it just hits you super hard. You see the loss of somebody and you're like, I feel you. It's, it's breaking me too. I understand what you're going through. Um, dealing with certain different diseases and whatnot that some characters might go through and you're going, I just, I know you. This was one of those, like, I don't know why, but my stomach, I feel it. And I realized at some point it was the music. The music literally was hitting me. Like it was like, it was almost like the, each punch of the keyboard was punching me in the stomach. Ushio has a, a style and that is to essentially, it, it's a very deep recording. Like it, you feel the integral details of the note. Like if you have a, a piano and somebody presses a button, it's almost like you feel that rod inside there come up and hit that chord and it hits you in the stomach. And I think it does it, how they 
you know, integrate that into the scene itself, you feel sort of the emotional drive that's happening in Chikawa. And that's when I realized, when I realized what that was, and I realized what was hitting me, and I realized everything else that I was loving about the show, I suddenly said, this is a special show. I suddenly dropped what I was doing. I made a video and I said, people, <laughs> this show is something special. And I just figured it out. Um, what was happening before then was just the natural characters and their interactions and the emotion and Yamada struggling and Ichikawa trying to figure out what he's feeling. And at the same time, Ichikawa not feeling adequate. He always feels like he's not good enough. He's never good enough. This person's playing with me because I'm not good enough. I never had a chance with this girl. I will never have a chance with this girl. Seeing that doubt, at the same time seeing not through inner dialogue, which I think was another special thing about the series, you never hear what Yamada's thinking. You never get a perspective shot of Yamada. You always have to try to figure out what she's thinking. Does she like Ichikawa? Is she playing with him? Does she just like to be around him? Does she love him? It's always a question mark, and I love how, as the series went along, I'm just trying to figure it out based on her body language. Again, another credit to the directors and everybody involved. You can see what Yamada's thinking based on her expression. The one example I give is one of the early episodes, um, he basically is going to borrow some manga from her. And so they meet, and she's waiting for him in the front of the school. And then he arrives there, and he's like, well, she must be waiting for somebody else. And then she chases him down and says, wait, wait. I have it for you and hands it over. And then it proceeds to spoil like the biggest like plot point early on. <laughs> and he's like, are you spoiling things? She's like, no, no, it's not that big of a deal. Um, and then what happens is he goes, he starts walking into school and she's following us aside him. And he's going, wait, why are you following me? Aren't you waiting for somebody? And she goes, oh yeah, you're right. And then she kind of hesitates, but she turns around and she slowly walks away. You knew that she was embarrassed kind of having that pointed out, but she did want to walk with him. He was who she was waiting for. It's those little, it's like the, typically I get so annoyed with lack of communication and it's mainly because you know that there's something that can be said that's not being said. This is one of those shows when whenever you need something said, the characters say it. But for the most part, things aren't communicated, but it's not to the detriment of the show. It balances it so well. Um, add on top of that. I don't really necessarily feel like a lot of side characters were interesting, but Mo Moiko had a great episode. Um, and the sister. The sister. I love the sister so freaking much. Um, I just adored this show. I, I adored it through and through. I am so happy it's got a second season coming. Um, my only fear I have right now is I hope they have the same group working on it. Same Ui show involved with it. The director and everybody still involved with it because... This team, um, this is one of those rare examples of a, of a team that really takes takes a medium and makes it the medium. Um, kind of like I said with Onimai, it's not the manga, it's an anime. This one's not the manga, it's the anime. And to have a, a team that works on something and makes something so special uh, is great. It's, it's literally a show that like I'm so I'm still feel bad that I didn't put it in my top five of the greatest shows early on the season, but it will definitely be in my top list for the end of the season. Still trying to figure out if it's going to take a one or two slot. It, th there's just some, the top three right now for the season is massively. Um, it's a, it's a blood, it's a battle Royale and I'm trying to figure out which one's going to end up there. And I'm, I can ask me one day and I could probably tell you that this is easy. Number one of the season for me. Um, but 
it's fighting for it. I love it. Death visually, audio, voice acting, music, presentation, writing, everything. It's 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 easily one of my favorite. I don't even want to call it a comedy because it has chuckle moments. This this show is such a natural comedy type of show. Yamada just does something kind of goofy. It's not a comedy. It's really, it feels like a slice of life romance it through and through. So very heavy in that regard. So, but again, once it, when it does comedy, it's great. It feels so natural and I love it. So yeah, somebody told me that there was something that wasn't adaptive. I, I do really want to read the manga on this one. Somebody told me that something was, was skipped in the adaptation that I'm sort of frustrated with. Remember the whole scene where they were at the, uh, the clothing store? Yeah. Apparently, uh, you know where the sister shows up? And he mm-hmm. says, not now. Uh, apparently, the sister had texted him saying there's some some kids in one of the dressing rooms being lovey-dovey. I was like, oh, my gosh. I can't believe they cut that. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I love the sister. Um, yeah. Danger to my heart. 100% recommendation. Love it, love it, love it. And gosh, high dive with Danger to my heart and Oshino Ko alone. They they got the good ones. Uh, let's 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 take things back a little bit of a notch. Um, we got a little bit too positive, so we got to get a little negative again. We got to we got to the balance must be maintained in the universe. Let's talk about my home hero. Not don't get me wrong, I don't hate the show, but um, it's not it's just not gonna be me gushing for hours on end. Why can I not type why? But yeah, my home hero, which is on Crunchyroll for twelve episodes, done by Tezuka Productions. Uh, which is not in my uh, happy field right now. I'm not. I'm, I'm not positive on Tezuka right now. <laughs> Sources of manga genres are action, drama, thriller. Uh, but yeah, this is of course by the creator Naoki uh, Yamakawa, who did "I'm Standing on a Million Lives." But yeah, this one opens up with Tetsuo Tosu, and Tetsuo is currently trying to meet up with his daughter. Um, she's apparently going to college and everything, and he's just trying to meet up with her because she's living on her own. He just wants to check in on her. And she shows up at this restaurant with a bunch of, like, glasses and a hat and a mask. And he's like, what, did my daughter turn into a celebrity? Uh, she finally removes it, and he comes to find out her face is very bruised. And he's like, you know, what what happened? And she doesn't want to talk about it, ends up storming out. Well, he decides to do some investigation. He knows that she has a new boyfriend. And as he's looking into it, he ends up finding that the boyfriend is part of a, essentially, a Yakuza group. And so... As he's doing more investigation, trying to figure out what's going on, he ends up uh, searching his daughter's apartment, see if he can find anything in there. And then the boyfriend shows up and he hides in a closet. The boyfriend's talking on the phone to some guy who pretty much turns in. It's kind of like one of those guys that you would talk to, like a cleaner, somebody that takes out people they want to get taken out. And um, kind of find out that this cleaner has pretty much cleaned up after him before. He has had girls before that he got a little too rough with and they had to get rid of the body. And he admits that he was, you know, only, you know, going out with this girl because he wanted to take her grandmother and grandparents' money. And so at some point, uh, the boyfriend's about to discover that Tetsuo's inside the closet. And so Tetsuo, in a panic, busts out the closet, beats him over the head with the, a rice cooker, and kills him. Well, um, after this, we kind of find out, well, he has to hide the body. His wife shows up, and the wife is very supportive, and comes to realization that, you know, we can't just tell the police because this is the Yakuza. They're going to come and kill the entire family. We got to do what the Yakuza do. Let's, let's get rid of the body. So they go through this whole process of getting rid of the body. Well, since uh, we, I didn't mention it, but Tetsuo is like this 
big mystery novel uh, reader and writer. So he knows all these little kind of things in mystery novels that you can, you know, get rid of bodies and kind of stuff that uh, normally would come from that. And so he is trying to dispose of the body while trying to cover up the fact that their family wasn't even involved with the death of the boy because, kind of find out, this boyfriend is the son of this particular Yakuza group, uh, the boss. So uh, even though he was kind of a, a somebody that most of the people in the group hate because he just causes problems, he's dearly loved by the boss himself. So they got to find out who killed him. And so their first suspect is obviously Reka because he was at the, that apartment when he died, when they last seen him. And so they assume that Reka or somebody got involved with his death. So yeah, it just kind of turns into Tetsuo trying to protect his family and with the help of his wife, cover up the death of this guy the entire time. Reka is a little bit kind of broken by it because she, she liked aspects of him, but of course he was using her. So yeah, it's uh, turns into kind of a little cat and mouse game trying to, hide evidence while at the same time produce evidence uh kind of misdirect the people trying to figure out what's going on at some point they even have somebody essentially tag along with tetsuo at all times and keep track of him to try to find out if he was involved so yeah did you watch any of this nope i was kind of wondering if you would end up watching it because of the fact that it was the million lives writer nope. but i don't know that that is a pull <laughs> enough for it because did, you liked million lives didn't you yeah, generally. I, I I had issues with the main character mostly, um, and his state of mind, but yeah, I early on I hated the show, and it was mainly around the fact that I felt like especially that first episode with what Tetsuo does, you would think that he would be a lot more conflicted about what he just did. It felt like they were rushing things. From what I understand, they they burned through so many volumes adapting this, so they seemingly the pacing was way, way off. And I sort of felt this because I was like, why is this not a little bit more, why is there not enough emphasis put on the fact that what he just did? <laughs> like, it just doesn't feel like, yeah, you maybe you can chop it up as caught in the heat of the moment, not really sitting still to realize it. But later on, these they do have times where he thinks about it. And so it's like, why is this not a little more um, impactful to the character? But I, I think what kind of kept me going with it was my my first in, inclination, and especially I think when we did our first impression, I was like, you know, look, I think I'm just going to stop watching this and just read the manga. This is It feels like this is one of those cases of, like, you're going to ruin a good story that you could have by reading the manga by watching this adaptation. Just like I said with Spiders, uh, some of Spiders, so what? I told most people, just go read the light novel. Because from everything I hear, the light novel is amazing. And what I got here, it looks bad. <laughs> it's not portrayed good. Um, this might be another one of those cases. It might be one of those ones where just, if you like reading manga, go read the manga. If you're not, if you don't like reading manga, in the end, I did really like the show. I just didn't like the first couple episodes. I felt like it was just too rushed. It, the characters weren't, it wasn't selling me on the emotion of the scene, what was happening. But what I liked about this, and this is where the writer, I think themselves sort of started to shine is... The cat and mouse game. I loved the constant back and forth of, again, like I said, produce evidence, hide evidence, sidestep the evidence, misdirect people that are looking into things. And I think they did that really, really well. I loved seeing all this stuff that Tetsu was putting together and trying to craft in the situation. And then adding to that, the wife, my gosh, um, every best moms in anime list must have updated with this season because... Kasen, his wife, is, she's phenomenal. 
Um, like one of the early scenes is when Reka is like, you know, kind of a little bit upset because they can't find her boyfriend and she's a little upset by it. But then she's like, you know, the mom's examining you, your face. Did he hurt you? Any man that would touch you deserves to die. <laughs> and then later on, you have this one person that's getting a little bit too close to the truth with Tetsuo. And he's he's prodding and he keeps prodding. And what does he say? She says off the side. He's looking into it too much. I think we need to get rid of him. Like this, this, this is a mom. This is a, this is a mama bear. Um, just seeing her fangs come out and her claws. It was like, I love this lady. She's willing to do anything for her family. She's getting in there. She's getting her hands dirty. Um, I love it. It's one of those things where you rarely see parents in anime anymore. So it's like to have a show where you have such a good, solid mom character, um, really does hit you. Uh, I love her to death. She was great. But, um, a solid cast overall. I didn't really feel like I cared too much with how they portrayed the mob boss guy himself. Um, they do eventually try to get into his mindset, and it turns into this aspect of essentially two fathers fighting each other, and grief and self-preservation of family kind of coming in conflict. But I, I think it was good enough in the end. But overall, I think it was a really solid story. Even though it's still ongoing, um, I think they still have like another, like another set of. They could do another season essentially. Um, even if that's the case, it still felt like it came to a really solid closing point. And that's probably why it rushed so much because they wanted to get that solid closing point. In the end, like I said, I enjoyed it. Um, Tezuka Production didn't do a really good job of the visuals. Uh, animation, in some cases, was not even there. It was like <laughs> like a set of like three steals to portray literally somebody throwing people off himself and going down the hallway and leaving a building. Um, but it still portrayed that core story, which I think was a really good little case of cat and mouse. So, yeah. If that's your, something you're interested in, definitely check out my home hero. Dr. Stone New World. We are finally... We're finally leaving the island, Chris. It's time to venture out. Well, not really. Well, they were they were building a ship. Um, but yeah, Dr. Stone's New World. It pretty much, I, I think, a good jumping off point from the previous seasons when we pretty much have the, for those who don't know, world gets uh, this weird color happens in the sky and everybody turns to stone. And then, was it 3,000 years later, Senku, the main character, who's like a child genius, pops out of the stone and devises a way of curing the stone formness, which is using bats guano or whatever and and creating um, the solution that can get rid of the stone that's encasing everybody and basically rebuilding civilization. You find out Senko Senku wanted to go to space and since every the civilization has basically been reset at this point, he's going to use his knowledge of everything science to essentially give the world a, a speed run we're gonna we're gonna go billions of years of of progress in a matter of years because i want to go to space i think it was i think he wanted to go to space wasn't that his original hope he just wanted to re-advance civilization and i think it was because he wanted to go to space yes i believe so um but yeah his, his father technically went to space so it makes sense but uh yeah uh he builds a group they advance mankind they find civilizations that were kind of you know building over time and then going into this season, we've lost the ability to create the solution. So he wants to find this capsule, which has platinum, so he can create endless uh, solvent to solve. Is it solvent? Solution to cure the stone form. 
And so they go to this other island and discover some people there that can turn people into stone. So plot twist. <laughs> and yeah, this this I, I'm not I don't really know that I want to do a review right now because yeah, they, they kind of just stopped. Yeah. This is a split core, and now that I remember it, um, it just kind of stops. <laughs> but yeah, they, they discovered this thing, and they're this group they're trying to take down. Um, still love it, though. I still love it. I, I really dug, I really liked Rusui's, uh, the movie, or OVA, whatever. Um, and I think Rusui himself was a great addition to the cast. Um, not sure if I'm feeling so much the new group, or at least one or two people they've introduced so far. Uh, pulling a new character out of their butt out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, there's this guy on the boat with us. Uh, he's always been a part of the group. Um, he apparently came here from the island. I was like, a, okay. <laughs> it's almost, it almost felt like they just the writer just pulled that one straight out of nowhere. Like, oh, let's just create a new character out of nowhere. He's always been around. Don't worry. Don't look. Don't look. But, just accept but here, that he's always been around. Here's what's fun. He has memories of the islands, but he doesn't remember the <laughs> island. <laughs> He remembers everything when he was an infant, because he was like a it was like a little kid too. Um, it was okay. It was a bizarre. It was it was absolutely bizarre. Um, but you know, I I don't really know that I'm feeling. I I do like the twist when they first arrived. There was a twist there, and the idea that somebody has the capability. But at the same time, it was like one of those. Everything else around the island so far, I'm not really digging. Um, it really kind of shifted into the idea of infiltration and using their skills to infiltrate, but they sort of kind of dabbled a little bit into that with um, with the Stone Wars whole segment because they had to infiltrate there as well. So I don't necessarily feel like it's doing anything new, but at the same time, overall, I've always had this weird love for Doctor Stone. I I, I I never put it in top lists for myself. I never think it's like my favorite show of any season, but I always really enjoy the series and I watch it through always entertained um i never i never really figured it out but i still i still love it so but yeah there's a pretty bad drop off yeah like see you see in october (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i i enjoyed myself watching the the show um it i kind of like the uh uh giving them reasons to do the things that they're doing like um when he uh, when they get into the island or into the um, the other group, and like Andrew was talking about, doing the infiltration gives them an excuse to make wireless um, um, communicators and all that stuff. It's and only I, one way. It doesn't run on batteries, but it's only yeah, one it, way. It, it, it's um, and they're going to create RC cars, RC micro, cars. like small microscopic. Well, not microscopic, and, but and, and drones. We're working on drones, too. Um, <laughs> I, it's always like this thing of like, yeah, I understand how they can make it, but I don't think they can make it that small or in that detail. We'll go with it. It's always like this little bit of suspended at least. It doesn't require too much, which I like, but it does require a little bit. <laughs> it was like the whole cell phone thing. I'm like, you're not making a cell phone. Don't stop it. Stop. You're not making a cell phone. Um, but no, it, it, it is fun. I, it's goofy. I, I, I like a lot of the, the grounded in reality kind of like Andrew was saying is a little bit of suspension of there's delay, only it's, one it's there. There's only one aspect that you have to use a lot of suspension of disbelief. The freaking pe- uh, petrification beam. We'll, we'll figure that out eventually, but <laughs> no, that everybody doesn't think that Kohaku is a, is a massively attractive. Everybody just is dead set that Kohaku is not attractive. 
I, I, I'm I, sorry, I girl it. is she's, got she's it. Got. <laughs> she's got it. Why does everybody think? I mean, it's the whole aspect of the brute. Uh, very childish humor, but still. Yeah, I, I, I always thought she was pretty freaking hot. But, you know, that, yeah. that, that that's the side of the point. Um, no, it's not. It's, it's literally very point to the point. <laughs> We're talking about just this specific I, I, display. I, I like I like the girl that uh, that they left behind though. I I think she's really freaking cute. Which uh, one? There's like they left behind. The, I think like twenty the, females. Yuzura. No, she's taken. It's Taiju's girl. Yeah, you're gonna get. I, you're gonna I, be. You're gonna get the crap beat out if you go after Taiju's girl. He will. Um, he will. <laughs> he will hit you with his new uh, hoe that he has. He's 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 the was he a food ambassador or something? No, um, yeah, he's he's a food investor because he was the one that he he was the one. No, that made he's the on team strength though. Well, yeah, he that too. <laughs> he was. And, I mean, you had like Chrome is like the gatherer. You had Jen is the manipulator. I like how they each one of them. It, you have a very massive cast by now, and I yeah. hate the fact they're making more characters because like please stop adding to the cast. Um, but most of the the new stuff is a lot of generic characters or a lot of generic no name people. But I liked how they they sort of try to keep it a little bit uh, controlled in the idea that each one of them is sort of an ambassador or a, a assigned to different roles. Like Rusui is the navigator, Taiju is strength, Chrome is is gatherer, uh, you have the reporter, uh, the one that's kind of keeping the history of everything. All that kind of stuff I think is cool. You know, I I I I do kind of agree with you on the aspect of the cast being as large as it is. Um. And then the the fact that they keep adding more characters, I I I I can't disagree with you on that. But at the same time, it's like I think that they do really well at using only the characters that are necessary for the yeah the storyline. They 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 do every they did a lot with the first season. I don't think they did too much this time, but they did have times where every now and then it's like we have to see everybody react to the new thing he yeah. built. And it's like, please stop. We made bread. Everybody taste the bread. <laughs> Eat the bread. It's like kuma 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 bear. Everybody try the shortcake. But yeah, uh, but, uh, no, wait, but it's like my my uh, hero academia. At some point, it felt samey. Like okay, here's a new cast, but I don't know how they're different than the old cast. Here's the new class. Okay, they kind of are starting to look samey. This one, I think, still kind of does a pretty... They don't give them much attention at all. Like, none of these characters have, like, deep backstory. I mean, we got the reporter girl's backstory that's sort of been hinted over a long period of time. We sort of knew what was going on with her, but they finally kind of solidified it. Um, we don't really get, like, deep backstories for all these characters, but at least they give them enough. So. But, yeah, the, uh, going through the, the kind of... Most of this section has been kind of interesting in the fact that we're getting kind of the the bigger storyline it looks like they're kind of trying to dig into that um at this point we're we're getting to a point where it's like i hope we get a real massive payoff for what they've kind of implied in in this season so you know it's gonna be a tease it's gonna you know it's gonna it's it's gonna be i almost think it's gonna be a massive letdown and i I'm, I I hope that most of what we have in front of us will be able to carry us through that. Um, so it's not as big of a blow for the storyline as it as as it feels like it's going to be. Um, not and and to clarify, we're talking about one of the main reasons for the entire series why it happened. 
And you know that if if you're being honest with yourself, you're you know that they it, they're going to have a hard time playing off whatever the answer is because they've already made it too big. So it it'll be interesting well, to see as long as that doesn't hurt itself in the long run. Well, I think that's the, that's the interesting thing because I don't I think it's got itself in a position right now that it doesn't necessarily need to answer it. It's positioned itself in a way that even if that is answered, it's not the end of the story. Because the goal, the end game, is not to find out what caused that. Right. It's to rebuild civilization. So this can keep going all the way up to the point until Senku is flying in space. But I think what what this does so well, and I think because I don't have expectations for this this particular story arc. No. I don't it, think it, he's going to get the answer of what caused it. He's probably going to find some well, somebody has like, figured it out and replicated it. But I think what does so well with Dr. Stone in general is I never look to the end. Whenever I'm watching Dr. Stone, I'm never looking to the end, the finish line. I'm not looking for the answer of the finish line. I'm it's it's always a show that's so segmented. And I get and I oddly enough get caught up in just where are they building next? What's no, next? And that's, What's and the that's, build next? That's why I said it's not I, I don't think it's going to um it's one of those things of um it's just showing it and saying, hey, this is this is the answer to this this question. And no, I don't personally have the, the that question in my mind. I'm not I didn't go into watching Dr. Stone going, oh, I, I hope that some point. They, yeah, I hope at some point they explain this one. Explain thing. why the birds were turning no. into stone before the light appeared. <laughs> explain why the birds were turning into stone before the light appeared. I'm still waiting for that answer. Because remember, Taiju <laughs> took the stone bird That's to the true. Um, no, it, it's it's one of the it, when I when I'm saying that is it's not so much that I went into it going, hey, I I fully expect that this will be explained. It didn't it didn't come off as a story like that. I'm saying that they're they put this in front of us, saying, hey, this is here. This is the carrot on a stick, and we're all going. Yeah. Who cares? He's making. Who a cares? Cell phone. They're making a cell phone. <laughs> but but don't forget, it's still here. Are, I don't care. They're making a camera. <laughs> a camera. And that that that's my point is now that they've suddenly randomly brought this stupid thing in. Now you're going. You're you're now forcing you're going, it. They made Kohaku hot. <laughs> <laughs> She's got makeup now. But don't forget, we got the carrot over here. <laughs> but Kohaku's got makeup on now. And so now we've got it right de- dead in front of our face. And of course, we're going to sit here and go, okay. Now I am curious. Why? Why are they there? Now, like I said, is it going to be to the extent that they're? There's no way that they're going to pull that off. So at least all and I can hope. Why is it a flashbang? <laughs> yeah, at least all I can hope is that it's not going to be as uh, as detrimental as they, it could be. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's that's Doctor Stone New World Core One. I guess I guess that's going to be the name of it, Part One. Um. Oh my gosh, do we have to do this next one? Sure, let's do it. Oh my gosh. Did you even finish I'm, it? I'm gonna I'm gonna take a wild guess. Did Andrew you... hates it. Chris is okay with it. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm I'm gonna say spoiler. I don't. Sorry. I don't. I don't. I can't say that. <laughs> okay. Well, let, surprise us, Andrew. The aristocrats. Tell us how much you didn't hate it. From the famous light novel series, obviously it's always a light novel. The aristocrats are the worldly adventure serving gods who go too far. 
or Tensei, Kizoku, ni, no Isekai, Boken Roku, Jicho, no Jicho wo Shiranai, Kamigami no Shito. Done by Magic Bus and EMT Square. Uh, went for 12 whole episodes on Crunchyroll. Genre, action, fantasy, romance. What? Anyways. Yeah, he's got like five girlfriends. I mean, come on. He's so romantic about it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I like that whole romantic arc where he saves the girls and they love him. <laughs> Instantaneously? It's like it's like, a, it's like a little switch. You They're know? like, you know, you, you guys got tired of this whole build up. Let's just give it to you. We don't need a build up to them loving him. Just they love him. Um, I never did get my. I had a theory on that whole thing, and I never got that. So I'm a little. I just realized that, and I feel a little bit mad. I was totally thinking that the two girls from the very beginning were um, were those two, but apparently I, I that was anyways. Yeah. Anyways, this this is a guy. Uh, he these girls are running out of this um this supermarket or convenience store, and some dude with a knife is chasing after them. Apparently, they did something and, really and bad. They tell, they remind us of that. Every so yeah, day. every episode. I, yeah, thank you. Every episode, we have to see where he gets stabbed again. And I'll, by the way, if you forgot, I got stabbed and I got transferred to another world and I got a lot of power. Um, but yeah, this this these two little girls in kimonos made this dude really mad, so he wanted to stab him, and he jumps in front of it and gets stabbed and then dies. And then he wakes up and he, he comes to realize that he has been transported into the body of a boy named Kine Silford. Find out later that he was reborn there, but they locked away his memories. But apparently he untapped his memories at this young age and realized who he was. And at some point when they get to a certain age in this world, you go to this ceremony, this coming of age ceremony at this church. And typically most people might, you know, have one of the gods will bestow upon them a blessing well, of course, because he's a main character and he's overpowered, he talks to all of them and they all bestow all their power to him. And not only the typically the max most people would get with like six level in a blessing, he gets 10 and everything. You kind of find out that's for a reason because there's like this big catastrophe that's going to come up in the future and they're going to need him to fight up against it. So he's got to train and get stronger. And so Kain learns about the world and gets OP and um, saves girls and and the girls are princess of the kingdom and so they want to love him and uh, he gets I, I think he got like three different statuses from the king at some point I think at some point he was even going to give him a crown because Kine is so great I the rest is a blur honestly and so what do you contract, think he contracted with uh, with Mao Sama too yeah yeah so yeah so your thoughts it, it, it's it's fine it it, it, it plays the 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 same cards as a lot of your uh op main characters it it likes to kind of dabble into just different ideas that this one thinks that it's got that it's original um it's trying it it's big twist was kind of really weird um apparent uh that I kind of went with, but when it when it comes down to it, it's not really doing anything that special. It's it's trying to just be what it is, and I I think that that it did just fine at that. It it's has a goofy reason for kind to have lots of girls throw themselves all over him and trying to. I think it has a real hard time finding its uniqueness. And oh. that, that I think is its biggest frustration. Um, 
it's it's trying it tried to do something with a kind of a background character it's trying to throw um kind of this mix between the um the new the new him being the new emperor and the past er emperor and trying to come up with something that will make it unique and it's not really doing that well yeah i, I kind of see that I, I i chuckle because yeah I, it my main thought for this entire series this is one of those ones that just it checks all the boxes what does a set guys do let's do it all and it's just like what exactly are you doing that's going to be unique and it just doesn't really feel like it and yeah you, you technically are right I had this feeling based on the OP that something was possibly going to happen that could be interesting and shrug the way they handled it was like it was very shrug okay well, yeah we did it whatever it wasn't as great as I thought it was going to be back to being typical and what typical is is isekai overpowered um loving doting sister uh has the 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 adventures that come and train him at some point he's super overpowered so he overdoes them you have the going to become a part of the Ventures Guild, saving the princesses, becoming the love interest of the princess and the basically one of the um, one of the chancellors or something like that's daughter. I forget what it was. And then yeah, being Prime overpowered, Minister, blessed by all the kings themselves, all the the gods themselves, and I, just nothing. It's like okay, put the stone on the table and ask him if he what his balance is and magic. He's gonna touch it and it's gonna explode. Do all the things that you typically get from overpowered main character, shrug, move on. And that's the sad thing, as I I literally found nothing in the show that was unique except for this one little bit that didn't do much. The I got more amusement out of everybody constantly telling him he needed to chill out. That is probably the most and and that's It was funny that they yeah, they yeah. rush out into the middle of the forest and they find this crater where this monster he killed and they find this thing that obviously indicates that he was there and they're like, What did you do? <laughs> yeah, the king himself like, dude, stop. <laughs> are you are you you're not gonna destroy us, are you? <laughs> well, yeah, it was a it was a chuckle here and there. But it it, was, that that was mostly that was, whenever it's the Segoy Segoy moments, I don't really care, but yeah, those those reactions to the overpoweredness were we're all right. It when that that was about the most amusement I I got out of this show. I mean, yeah, I when I say everything was fine on this show, that it literally is just fine. It's not doing anything that sets it apart. And and the one of the biggest kind of tidbits to give you an example of why um, we point out the fact that it's it it's more that makes it more frustrating is literally you get a training montage. A bunch of people go Sugoi Sugoi training montage. Everybody says Sugoi Sugoi. And then we go to the hyperbolic time chamber and then, uh, do a training montage. And then he but comes back, but nobody says Sugoi Sugoi there. <laughs> they were mad because he disappeared. <laughs> um, no, see, and that, and that's the thing. Training montage. That is a way for him to go from zero to 60 in half a second, and he's more overpowered. But see, you never really, that's the sad thing, is you never really feel like he's, he's always been overpowered, so you, what, what do you, you never get a sense of, did he get stronger? I don't know. He was already overpowered. <laughs> he was already so overpowered, so what do we, what do, what, we do what that we for? And, and, and I, I don't well, disagree with that. He explodes half the planet rather than just 49.3% uh, of the planet? I don't know. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that that's pretty much it. it is the the training montage is just a 
compounding of what we're saying is it's not, I don't have a necessary problem. I, I actually enjoy overpowered main characters. I'm, I'm completely fine with them. Um, I'm, my biggest issue is that they're not putting some kind of an equal weight on it. Um, the quote unquote bad guy of the series, which has, it was the, barely... the stupid nobles that were that were being mean to him until they find out that he's a baron and they go, yeah, oh, right. no, and they shuffle away. Um, yeah, I was talking about the bigger bad guy. He, they're not, they, he's not, it's not his part of the story per se. And so he doesn't really became a main antagonist. And so to just say, way off in the future long long time long ago. time from now it's <laughs> gonna be really really bad for it's gonna you, get bad so real it's gonna get real bad so there's not a it's wait like the dragon ball z the, the they're coming they're on the spaceship coming you gotta train goku that's literally the season it and, and that that's my thing is there there's not an equal weight to offset his his power and so you don't have that, since you don't have that weight, all you just see is him going, blah, 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 I'm, I'm doing this. And everybody going, wow. And the king goes, stop. Stop. <laughs> the king goes, stop. <laughs> what are you doing? What if another kingdom finds out you're here? Um, yeah, there you go. That's uh, Aristocrats, Isekai. It didn't do anything offensive, yeah, I guess. It just... Just too, it's just too goofy samey. fun, Andrew. Too just samey. admit it, it's goofy fun. Too samey. Borrows too much. It is literally trying to... Yet another isekai trying to be Mushoko without doing the things that made Mushoko great. Come on, 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 bear punch. The second season of come on, come on, come on, come on, bear. I thought I seen it. They released a new art for the finale, I think it was. And I'm like, oh, they got another season coming? No, it was just they wanted to make a new art. That sucks. Uh, anyways, Crunchyroll, ran for 12 episodes, done by EMT Squared, based on a light novel, adventure, comedy, fantasy, slice of life. Uh, for those who don't know, this is essentially about this um, girl that lives alone, and she does stock trades. I forgot about that at some point, and I reminded myself. Uh, she does stock trades, and she plays this online game. Well, at some point, I think she gets trapped in the game itself. I've still yet to get that answer. Um, but she's stuck in the game, but she's been, given, she's been given like these really OP abilities, which is essentially a bear costume and bear gloves and bear everything. And with this outfit, she is super overpowered. And so she becomes an adventurer and she travels around, eventually opens up her own little house, buys land, opens up shops and all this kind of stuff. Uh, all of the kills that she makes, she brings back home to this girl named Fina, who does all the carving of the, the meat and everything and sells everything for her and helps her out with that stuff. And uh, she just makes sweets and protects and makes all the little cute girls smile because her cute bear outfit and her bear minions and everything. Everything's bear. And then uh, this season, I guess quite a few things happen. I, I think the bigger major arc was towards the later part with the, the city with the two nobles that were competing. Well, one noble was trying to destroy the other noble. They were supposed to be coexisting, but that didn't work out apparently. Um they had quite a bit around this girl that um, wanted to do knitting. She was an orphan, all this kind of stuff, and helping this one girl, Shia, with her adventure group doing their first big trial and all that kind of stuff. So, LOL. Oh, yeah, she also made Mithril Blades, which was really funny. <laughs> I, I love whenever you have, like, this character that just gets so geeked out over, like, Mithril. Dude, that's, like, the coolest material in, in video games ever. I want to make Mithril Blades! And then she makes them, and everybody gets mad. 
<laughs> the sister goes sit she's like i'm already sitting no sit as she gets off the chair and goes over and sits on her knees on the side <laughs> like this overpowered bear costume fitted out girl and she's getting yelled at by this little girl it's really expensive you can't just give that out and the parents get mad um sorry spoilers your thoughts on kuma 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 punch i like it i i i it, it's it's really nice to have some 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 more stories from this 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 story more <laughs> story from this story i was gonna, i was going to go with writer but yeah um <laughs> from this thing <laughs> this thing definitely not story i'm not going to use the same hey, word hey 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 <laughs> anime anime <laughs> I'm glad that the animators animated this anime. <laughs> bears. <laughs> the bears. <laughs> Lots of bears. Uh, Kawaii cute girl <laughs> bear punch. That was my review. Thank you. <laughs> what another thing? Might check out the light novel, but not enough cu- <laughs> there's not enough cute girls on each page. <laughs> The, the the letters don't get together and do do a dance. There was not enough, um, there was not enough pictures in light novel. I didn't buy it. <laughs> Zero out of ten. One with the anime again. Would not continue. It's like four pictures. Ah, <laughs> uh, Andrews broke my brain. Um. So anyway, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, they actually light- hinted at the god again. I was that was a out of nowhere. I'm like. Oh yeah, this is the thing. Like out of nowhere, she's like, "Oh, there's this thing buried right here. I think the god, the god or goddess, wants to right. plan this here for me." I'm like, "Oh wait, oh yeah." The, the, so she is a second. <laughs> oh, she did mention later on this idea that she, she, they actually had her in an I, a cute I, outfit. I was gonna ask. And she's you. like, "I didn't take off the whole thing because this is literally the only thing keeping me alive." So I'm like, I "Yeah, was, that is an that guy." I was gonna ask you, and 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 I was, I you you can or cannot if you want it if you think it's a spoiler. Um, the guy at the end that she was fighting against, did they imply that he was a player as well? I don't think so, no. I kind of got that hint for a split second, and then it went back to just him being a bad guy. So Yeah, he's a bad guy. Just, bad, um, just a bad dude. So I, anyway, the 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 whole uh, this whole arc, uh, it, it kind of split into about three, four little sections. The... the uh, Strawberry cake section that Andrew really loves. Um, God, everybody try. We got the everybody. Myth- we got the mithril uh, arc, and then we got the the kind of uh, teddy bear uh, sewing the teddy bear thing, and then we got the the last part, which was um, I mean, to me it was the the part that I really liked. I really liked the setup of her getting into this new town uh the setup of the like andrew had said the two districts and how they're one is competing and the other one's not competing and and the trying uh, subversion and all that stuff and then ultimately the reason why i really loved it was un uh was kumasan just going nuts and it was really nice to see her get flat out serious Again, bad mama bear yeah Mad she was mama bear. not she was not happy and i really really liked that um so no, yeah i gotta kick out the fact they did that whole like uh that dinner and it, it, the things like we cannot get involved or the prince was technically saying we cannot get involved because then it would show favoritism as the kingdoms uh the rulership and um 
they have this whole thing where they're like, they literally cannot show that they are getting involved. Yet the chef comes out and literally uses the power of the king <laughs> against them. I'm like, you literally just used the power of the king themselves to show favoritism. <laughs> what? No, it, they they waited until after they had made their complaints and and started. Yeah, bashing. but it's still the same thing. But yeah, it would. It, it, there's no way they can complain at that point. I guess. Yeah, they they can't they can't turn take it back after afterwards. Yeah. And that was the whole point. Um, but no, I I, I really did. I lo- I loved the 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 mithril arc. I really really liked the um the the teddy bear section. I really liked the getting into kind of a lot of the um the character building in that. that the adventure part. trial one was actually surprisingly good, and I think that was like the first one they did. Um, mainly because it was like one that aspect of her not wanting to get involved because she's supposed to be te- she's supposed to be yeah. just watching them. And I think her stepping up would just discredit them as adventurers. So really her keeping on standby and not getting involved was it a good thing. But it's kind of nice in the end idea that towards later part having that aspect of her pointing out what each one of them does and what's so special about each one of them. But yeah, I absolutely love this season. I thought it, it did a fantastic job. I love continuing the storyline and hope and can't wait to see more. I am I am really happy that it turned out as good as it did because I think we've had I've me personally lately I've been having a lot of um I, I I have this feeling of like this curse of second seasons where all these shows are getting second seasons and then they just turn out to be blah like the by the grace of gods was like that I just be careful what you wish for because that second season was just very blah um this one worked out I mean I. I've always kind of compared this one to Bofuri in a lot of respects because it's too they're 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 both both shows is about cute girls that are the leads. They're super massive overpowered with some sort of equipment and in a lot of cases protecting smiles. Um, this one's more about protecting smiles. And I think um, uh, Bofuri is Bofuri is more focused on the group, the guild itself and everybody getting massively overpowered. Um, but this one just works out a lot more for me than Bofuri does. And I think that just comes from just the charm of the characters. I really like Yuna, her, her character. She's snarky. Uh, she's kind when she when she uh, every time she needs to be, um, and she's willing to throw back whenever she needs to throw back. She's willing to get mad when she she's, needs to get mad. She's very relatable in the sense that she has a very expansive sense of emotions that she goes through on a regular basis. She doesn't get involved all the time, but when she does need to, she steps up. Um, and they do a really good job of it. I love her getting embarrassed every time she goes in the new town. Everybody's looking at her. Um, you know, she has to comment on it every time. I'm used to it by now. And she never used to it. Um, it's just got a good little... It's, I, I think the only weakness of the series is that I don't really care too much for the supporting cast. I mean, besides Fina, the rest of the characters are like, um, I think I remember who you are. But and I never really feel too much of a connection with anybody else besides uh, Yuna and Fina for the most part. Um, it's just kind of watching Yuna as she protects smiles, and that's always fun. So, um, it's it's kind of a a very. It's, it, I guess it technically was my sugar show of the season. I can't really think of any other shows that were on this. I mean, you could say Idol Master U one forty nine, but for the most part, U one forty nine is juggling cutesy and and um, the difficulties each one of the girls are facing. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I would I would like I would like did enjoy. Uh, seven out of ten. Looking forward to more Kuma 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 Bear Punch. Punch is it gonna be Punch Punch, probably or Super Punch. No, it'll be Punch. Explanation. Explanation. Punch Kick. No, she doesn't kick much. She usually punches. 
Uh, it'll be two explanation points. Yeah, two explanation yeah. points. That's probably gonna be it. That's the thing that they do now. No, they'll do they'll do Kuma 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 Bear Punch second season, just like Devil's a Part Timer. They did two explanation points and they did second season. There you go. They're gonna do that with this Kuma 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 Bear Punch second season coming soon. Anyways. That's all the shows that we're going to do for the day. Um, like I said, we still technically have two more parters coming. Equal amount of shows. So there's a lot of shows to go through. We're going to get through them all eventually. But hope you guys enjoyed this set of reviews for the spring 2023 anime season. Um, as always, we definitely appreciate everybody, your, your, all you guys' support. Um, we're going to be actually being able to do ad reads finally on the podcast. So hopefully people don't find that jarring. But just understand that when we have ads in there, it's to help support what we're doing here. Um, but still, even then, greatly appreciate everybody that supports us otherwise through Patreon, our tips, links, super thanks, uh, memberships of the YouTube channel itself. Um, every way that you guys support is kind of going into this poll to help make this a thing. And we're gradually getting there. And I, I really do appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Um, but yeah, hope you guys enjoyed. And as always, y'all take care. Oofs.